Blog Talk Radio. Change cell phone. 
Like, long story short, I was marching. We were, we were marching the protest this past Saturday in downtown Cincinnati. And, you know, we, with the COVID thing, you know, it was a crowd. We tried to distance as best as we could with face masks and everything. So mm-hmm. um, we, we had to unrobe ourselves when we got to the door. Thankfully, we had an enclosed porch. Put our stuff in there and take it straight up to the washing machine. I remember to take my keys out and my and my inhaler and my EpiPen out and my wallet, but I forgot to take my cell phone out. And so, yeah, I realized that my cell phone was dump, bumping around the washing machine. <laughs> and, oh. and, you know, I couldn't do since the iPhone. I couldn't exactly do the rice, the rice in the bucket, rice in the cup trick because it was too far gone. And so I was like, God damn it. I had to go to a to the mall, which I hadn't been to the mall since the pandemic began. And let me tell you, it was very different being in that mall. But anyway, uh, like a couple hours later, I came out there with a new, newest iPhone. I was able, I was eligible for an upgrade. And so when I started this this, this uh, podcast call called Dialed In, you know that I don't know if you have a cell phone. No, you you don't have an iPhone. I think so. Basically, I do the not. Side, the power, the side of the, the side of the um, the right side of the uh, of the new of the iPhone 11. You hit it. It's so easy to hit because it's the button is so long. So literally, I had to call back in to tonight's show because I accidentally, while I was trying to get my stuff together, um, I tapped the uh, side of the uh, the, the button. By mistake, because again, it's so fucking long that I got hung up on, and so I had to dial, hurry, dial back in before too much time elapsed. So, yeah, it's, it's been that crazy. It's been a crazy day. But you know what? Let's just get to it, man. Because you mentioned it, the world is indeed changing, man. And and it's been ever since a couple of days after Memorial Day. It's been it's been a time of reckoning. You know, yes. you see all these protests. I mean, you figure you get the protests in Minneapolis, right? But mm-hmm. see it happening in all 50, let me say that yes. again, in all 50 states. That means Idaho, Oregon, Montana, freaking Wyoming, both North and South Dakota, nationwide, big cities, medium-sized cities. Towns, you name it. It there was there 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 was there, there, there were protests, and when the thing that struck me and it's still striking me is it resonated so much that it got it got it got everyone on board. Seemed like you know you you got just as many non-black folks, particularly white folks, than you have you know brothers and sisters yes. protesting. Yes. And, you know, I, and, and, and it's, it's one of those things where I still can't believe it's happening and it's still pro, people are still protesting. I think this weekend there will be more protests here and most cities across the country still. And this like, what, three or four weeks after the fact? Yeah. And, oh man, and I touched on this last week with my two buddies like from um, uh, Kevin McKeown and Gerald Singleton, my NBA guy, so I sometimes do the mm-hmm. radio show with on the weekend. Yeah. It's like we finally – got people to listen. And it took a, a horrific death, a preventable death, at the hand of the uh, Minneapolis police, namely the same dude that's been apparently committing crimes against minorities and others mm-hmm. for a long period of time. It took that 
to get everyone on board and to listen to us. I mean, we it's it's not like and you know this, man. It's not like we've been complaining about not having a bigger piece of pie, having more stuff. And even with all the redlining stuff that was done against us, the institutional racism, the policies, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like housing discrimination, being undereducated, underemployed as a community. All we've been protesting over the past, since, 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 we, since um, the Civil Rights Movement and before that, really, is to be, is to be treated fair. That's all we wanted. We exactly. All that that we dealt with for 400 plus years. All we wanted. That was black to be treated the same. Exactly. That's all we wanted. And it took 400 years plus years, 401 years to be exactly, because we, we were brought over here in 1619. 401 years. It took that long to finally end a horrific act at the hands of the policemen in Minneapolis to finally get folks to listen. And it's happened. And, um, and it, it, in freaking East Texas, East Texas, I mean, for those of you who are familiar with the whole demographic thing or live in Texas or from East Texas or live around that area, you know that that's clan country. That is, I spent some time in East Texas, brother, for four years. It's it's Oof. clan country. I'm gonna just come real with it. Oof. It's clan country, and so we so basically to see the protest there, and and you know the most beautiful thing about that protest in the town, the East Texas town, man, there was maybe a few, a smattering, a sprinkle, if you will, a black. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelmingly white. The protest was overwhelmingly white. It's code and science of Black Lives Matter. It was. It was just. It's. I'm telling you, man. Something is happening. I never thought I'd live to see late live to see the day that it would be happening like this, where you have not only just young people. Of course, you, we're going to get young people to come out because they oh, seem yeah. to be more smarter than the, the, us old folks, right? But <laughs> you have older. White people, people, boop, like people from like the uh, uh, the baby boomers generation coming out. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's nothing like I ever seen before in my life, and it was one of the, it, it was so beautiful, man. I was crying tears of pain and anguish and and, and and fear when George Floyd was killed. Ang, lots of anger, lots of fear. And to see, I don't know if you saw on Facebook or not, man, but to see conservative, I mean, not only just white friends of mine from college and from childhood giving me their, lending their, their support and vowing to stand with me, but a lot of those people, it transcended politi- like p- political parties. I know, I, know, I know a lot of, I'm friends with a lot of white folks who are conservative and libertarian mm-hmm. who were just as outraged as we were about this. And stated and stated exactly that. And to see again, to see the outpouring support from non-black people. Well, I mean, sure, I guess the, the given, if, given if you will, would be givens if you will, be Native Americans and, and, and Latinx brothers and sisters. But to oh, see, yeah. but to see more Asians, even though there's the Asians, black, like Black Lives Matter group that that, that, that Asians have across this country. But to see them, to see 
all sorts of creeds and colors, ethnicities, and again, more, I hate to say it, but more importantly, more, more, more white people getting on board with this. Because we've seen throughout history, brother, through the civil rights movement, reconstruction before that, things in abolition before that, things happen when white folks get involved with the cause. It's, that's just history's been teaching us that, particularly in this country, this great country of ours. So to see that and to see the changes that's been led and different tenors been shown in the sports world, which we'll get to in a minute. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I'm waiting for that to shoot a drop. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for a gotcha moment <laughs> from the, <laughs> my white brothers at large. But something's happening. It's happening. I don't know what's happening, but it's happening. Where it'll take us, I don't know. But yeah. That's the thing. I don't – now, I don't know if I want to say unfortunately, and I don't mm-hmm. want to go too deep with this in terms of uh, the social, because I know, of course, we want to eventually right. get to the sports side of this. But right, of course. Unlike a lot of others, I wasn't necessarily emotionally moved. I was more so mm-hmm. tired and exhausted because, yes. just like you, we've seen it for so long. And, right. you know, a friend of mine posted something, um, you know, after Floyd's passing, well, after his murder, um, let's let's call it what it is. I don't, I don't want to call it his passing. You know, no, after his murder, you know, yeah. a friend of mine posted on Facebook. You know, I was a teenager when we first started. When we first saw a black man beaten down by the police on video. And I was like, wow. Rodney King. Mm-hmm. Yes, Rodney King. I was about four, I was about 15 years old, 19, 14, turning 15, the summer of 1990, 91. And yep. I was like, wow, dude, it's been 30 years. 30 years in my lifetime. Now, I wasn't around for the civil rights era. So, of course, they caught sure. it too, but in, in, in during that point in time, of course, it was it was <laughs> documented with 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 news footage and 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 the photography and everything. But it, it just seemed a little bit different once Rodney King went down. But even when Rodney King went down, and we saw what we saw, and they still got off with with uh, with the jury in Simi Valley, and it still kind of, it still angered us, and we had our reaction after that. Thirty years after that, all unfortunately, all the other innocent brothers and sisters that that were murdered by cops during that time frame, it just became exhausting. So I'm like, dude, again, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. again, and and like you just said, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I, I I didn't want to come into the situation with that type of view, but at the same time. With the history that we have, mm-hmm. God, and even though everything seems different, everything looks different, everything feels different. I'm praying that everything turns out different. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, that's that's what I'm praying yeah. for. That everything turns <laughs> out different, and it seems like it, it's it's going to go in that direction because, like you said, to have that reaction from those 
who weren't participating or who seemed to be confused about everything that was going on, even as, as far even as, as short as four years ago. Because when you say four years ago is a long time, four years ago is that long ago. It's still four years ago. Right. You know, right. we were arguing back then about whether or not black lives matter and the mm-hmm. fact that kneeling doesn't necessarily mean that we hate the country or we hate the flag or whatever. Those are arguments that happened not too long ago. But now it seems as though everyone finally gets it now. I'm happy it's mm-hmm. happening. Like you said, though, I'm just hoping that the other shoe doesn't drop and and, and, <laughs> and something insane happens. I, I, I'm really yeah. hoping that this is a wave of true change for the betterment of all. Yeah, and you know, again, we, we people could argue that you know you kind of seen this not to this not to this level, but and 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 now we won't spend too much time on this uh, this any longer because mm-hmm. as you said, it's a sports show. We're gonna get to how it relates sports, but but right quick, I remember seeing old footage of the civil rights movement in the '60s, particularly Freedom Summer, like with a year like year the years leading up to the civil rights that. Not only the next six four, but the voting, yeah, and the voting rights yes. of 1965, the following year. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of whites who got on board during that time. Remember Reverend James Reed from Boston, from from Massachusetts, rather, was murdered. He was a white minister yes. who came down at the call of Dr. King. So he and uh, – as an, as an Italian woman too, I with woman of Italian last name from Michigan who came down. She was she was shot and beat up to death. You know, uh, I forget yeah. her name. Some PUC. But the part, you know, but the point is, is that so many people, so many white folks back then got on board and marched. But where did that lead? Dr. King getting murdered in nineteen sixty eight in Memphis, and led to more discrimination. It led to mm-hmm. more of us being uneducated, underemployed, more, uh, uh, um, um, what you call it, uh, institutionalized racism, um, mm-hmm. you know, systematic racism. It led, you know, with Nixon, and, you know, we don't have to get into all that, but in Reagan in the 80s. But the point is, is that we hadn't seen anything like this. No. Where an outpouring of support from white folks who – Finally, who had the conversation with us about, hey, we did not know about this thing called white privilege. I mean, we they knew about it, but they didn't want to. I, I think they didn't want to fully acknowledge it. They didn't want to actually believe it, or didn't understand it. And you have more of these conversations, not only with us as black folks, but amongst themselves. And that's where the work has to be done. We're tired of talking about it. We're exhausted. Yeah. We're freaking exhausted about this. As you yeah. as you are and me, black folks I know around our age or even older or younger. We're exhausted. Mm-hmm. We dealt with this our whole lives. And certain in various in various uh degrees, depending on what country, part of the countries that, that we're from countries that we're from. But mm-hmm. to see the conversation white folks are holding amongst themselves, that's the key. That's the key. They have to talk amongst they have to hold each other accountable because exactly. they know that we, we've been trying to do it for years, but 
it's, it's something when it comes from your own that mm-hmm. resonates with you more, what resonates with you more. So I, we're seeing a lot more of those conversations, albeit whereas in social media, socially, in person, you have a lot of these conversations to the point where, and, and I'll wrap this up with this, man, before we get to the sports ramification of this, is that in our neighborhood, in my neighborhood in Cincinnati, um, North Avenue, we, they, on the Facebook page, we, like, there are some people, white folks who, 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 who commented in the post that he and a few others have gotten together to talk about these issues. And this is, it's this mixed group of people to see where, to go on this journey, to talk about it and see where it goes as far as the understanding, maybe invite more people in. So seeing stuff like that, being volunteer, and that's actually being taken place. And the sports ramifications we'll get to, like, in a couple of seconds, man, that's what tell me that this time it might be different. And what I mean different as is this, man. First of all, let's just start from – let's work backwards. Today, NASCAR is saying that they would abolish the, the Confederate flag. See, in my lifetime. That a sport which, let's be real, has a redneck clientele and a caters to said redneck clientele. They, mm-hmm. like, for years and years and years and years and years. And I'm a fan of the sport. But I'm just calling it, I'm just calling it as I see it. I'm just calling it for life for what it is. Right? To see NASCAR take a step, and this is at the behest of guys like Bubba Wallace and a few others, say that they were going to abolish the rebel flag, the Confederate flag, going forward, effective immediately. I was stunned. They were talking about this for years, mind you, but they were kind of kicking the can on it before. But to see them just come right out and say no more, that, 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 yep. I was like, wow. I that was like, wow. Big. Because think about it, Scott. That's the only pro sport that basically was marching around hand-in-hand hand with a relationship with the Confederate flag. I mean, right. it, it, going back to my childhood, even if it's not NASCAR, it's still car racing or fast cars. Because for me, the very first time I saw the, 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 uh, the Confederate flag, of course, was the General Lee and that damn Dukes of Hazzard boy. And being a child, all I saw was an orange car that went real fast. And I liked that car regardless of what that, that thing too. was on top of it. I love that show, too. I love that show. My, I got to thank my dad. My dad was a fan of the show. We had the damn car. Mm-hmm. My brother and I had a toy replica of the car with the rebel flag right on top of the, top of the car, and we'll play with it now. And my we dad, having grown up in segregation, he co-signed on it. We we had it for years until my mom got rid of it. <laughs> but still, <laughs> just, just the real your mom kept the real. Mom kept the real. Yeah. Your dad yeah. was like, man, yeah. the boys are having fun. They're playing with cars. It's cool. Right. Your mom kept the real. Like, nah, not with that symbol. Yeah, it's pretty and you know what? That. Yeah. yeah, I would have had the same mixed reaction. I'd have been like, oh, you know what? I don't know about that flag. But you want to play with the fast car? Play with the fast car. Yeah, it, it would have been it would have been you know uh, an interesting internal battle as an adult having to look back and, and, and having to deal with it, man. But yeah, that was the first time I, I ever saw 
it was just associated with fast cars. And then, of course, you know, I wasn't necessarily watching NASCAR in the 80s and in, in, in early 90s, but whenever I saw it, what I see out there waving. And, of course, yeah. it's because a lot of the tracks that I'm familiar with are where? Southern Virginia. Mm-hmm. North Carolina. In my case, South North Carolina. Carolina yeah. Georgia. Yeah. Alabama. Florida. All yep. of those southern states that, that basically are the Confederate states. So, yes, mm-hmm. that's where the fan base is. That's where the sport is. That's where the majority of the fan base is. Matter of fact, that's what the, the sport was perceived as, as being a southern sport, especially during that era before some genius decided, hey, we want to go ahead and push this sport out to the masses because we believe that this sport can make money and it's been working up until this point mm-hmm. in order for that sport to continue to grow. What is it going to have to do? Release its allegiance from that flag, and I completely understand it. And it's very, very interesting. And the biggest thing to me, and I posted this on Facebook earlier today, NASCAR fans, especially traditionalists, are going to feel some kind of way seeing Bubba Wallace's car, that 43 car, which is associated with who? One Richard Richard Petty. Petty. You you see that, that 43 car? With Black Lives Matter written on the side of it. Ooh, with a white wee. and a black hand holding each other. With white and black hands back. Yeah. Man. losing their mind. The good old boys are losing their minds right now. They're losing their minds. <laughs> I mean, if they all started, if you, if you thought they were losing their minds right now, imagine how they <sighs> felt over the weekend when NASCAR took a moment of silence for eight minutes and <sighs> 30 seconds. The amount of time that George Floyd was losing his life and begging for his life and not being able to breathe with that knee on his back. And a moment of silence when the, the, the racers, the crew, Bubba Wallace and others, few others in tears, um, everyone being reverent, albeit in the, at the empty track, but still, everyone yeah. had a final moment of silence. And before that, and not or two before that, they put together a video with all the stars mm-hmm. saying that similar to what the NFL did with this mm-hmm. play, saying that the crux of it, at the conclusion of that video, Black Lives Matter. Every yeah. last one of the races, uh, uh, um, Jimmy Johnson, Bubba Wallace, uh, mm-hmm. uh, them, and another guy that I really like a lot. Kevin Harvick. Um, um, Let Kyle me guess. Bush. The, the the Bush all brothers were there, and Keselowski yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Now, see, the thing is this, though, right? And I, I stereotype NASCAR fans. I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and put that out there too. I hate to do so, but you know, but. we we know what we know about the sport and its fan base. Not saying all. Right. But there's some that are there. And, of course, a lot of them grew up on Richard Petty. Now, they can ignore th- that stuff that happened on Sunday, right? They can just go ahead and step away from the screen. But to ha- if, if, but if, if, if you are one of those quote-unquote good old boys and you were a huge fan of Richard Petty, oh, God, no, you can't have Black Lives Matter on the side of King, 
pet on the king's card. Oh God, no. They are for the ones that are living, losing it, and the ones that are dead, they're spinning in their grave right now. Oh Lord, Black Lives Matter, and they had that black and white arm in tribute to the predator. I swear, that's all I think. It, when I see it, is is you son of a bitch, and and, and Stallone, yeah. and, and, and and your boy Action Jackson dapping it up. That's all I see when I see yeah. that now. But it is what it is. But oh my god, it, I'm just glad that NASCAR has decided to go into that direction, and is not getting any kickback from the racers themselves outwardly. The fan base, yeah, they'll deal, they'll learn. But you know, the the, the as, as the organization went, the drivers are going the same direction, and it, it's wonderful. And you know what else, too, man? I mean, we said that about you know about Bubba Wallace and this and the Petty car. He drives for mm-hmm. him too, the Petty Petty Enterprise. Just for the Petty. He said it about if I think by his son, by Rich Petty's son, Kyle. Mm-hmm. So for him to come on board with it. And, you know, it's been said that Richard Petty, like back in the day, there was a black driver, and I, God, I can't, can't I forget his name. There was in the 60s that he was the one, Richard Petty was the one, the ones, and the Yarborough, the older Yarborough, were the ones who were helping this black driver. Again, I forget, the, 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 the driver's name slips my mind. But there's a bit of a history there. So even still, Fast forward to like 2020, you know, seeing Bubba Wallace being represented by Betty and the Enterprises and one of the upcoming drivers at that, and the only African American driver on the NASCAR circuit. Um, and to do this, to Richard Petty's car, and for Kyle Petty and company to sign off on it, that's when this is, this, this is a new day, man. I mean, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to I'm, I have cautious optimism, very cautious optimism on, on this. But to see NASCAR, of all sports, right, NASCAR, again, a sport that we both grew up loving, but still, for them to come out and do what they did with the drivers, with, with his drivers, and then have the moment of silence before the, the race this past weekend, uh-huh. and to abolish and disassociate with a Confederate flag, effective immediately today. I'm speechless. I'm I'm really speechless. And 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 um and also this ain't this obviously this is not the first, and they probably won't be the last for an organization to do this. You saw the NBA being outspoken uh, about racism and uh you know systematic race systemic racism. Uh, mm-hmm. racism, um, Black Lives Matter, of course. Uh, but then, and I mentioned the NFL earlier, right? When yes. the black, when the when the black stars of the league, and two of those stars, including one of the stars, including the face of the league, which is Patrick Mahomes, say Black Lives Matter. When they said before that, when they said I am Breonna Taylor, I am George Floyd, I am Trayvon Martin. I am Ahmad Brari. I am, um, you know, uh, Walter Scott. I'm, you know, I am Michael Brown, you know. Yes. To see that come out. And, and I don't know if you know the backstory of that, bro, is that it was the white guy in the NFL office in their social media department that went rogue, if you will, and came up with the idea on his own. 
And, you know, if you don't know the story, it's on ESPN.com. ESPN you have to do a search for it because it's, it's a few days old. But it, it's really a great read how it, this, that video came about. Because there were, he, like many, he, he, like many others, was frustrated at the NFL stance. And this mm-hmm. is like days after the George Floyd murder. So yes. when that video went down, when that video dropped, that's pretty much like got went viral on social media and on television, that's when Roger Goodell, I call him Roger Goodell, <laughs> went holed up in this basement. And he looked like a, I swear to God, he looked like a hostage victim. I swear to God he looked like a damn this person. But anyway, nevertheless, when he when when he read this message and that then it says the NFL believes that black lives matter. Mm-hmm. And then having coaches like um um uh what's his name in Washington for for your Washington team, uh Ron Rivera said Ron Rivera, yes. That is on the that conference call that Black Lives Matter, we need to say, and it's worse. Uh-huh. He said, we need to say Black Lives Matter. We need to keep saying Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. He being a Latino, he gets this, obviously, from a, from a different perspective. But for him to say that, for an organization that's, coached, that's owned by your boy, Danny Boy Snyder, who's been yeah. openly against kneeling, throw that in, and then to have the likes of Robert Kraft, Rich Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick in New England, law the efforts of Devin McCourty, and this action for Joe's social justice. And we all know the work that Mr. Kraft does with, um, with Meek Mill and company in regards to social justice reform, like, like as far yeah. as like, like jail, like jail, like jail sentences and whatnot. Um, he's been on the forefront with that, even though he's a friend of Donald Trump, which I don't get that 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 dichotomy to this day, but still, at least he's doing something. <laughs> he's doing something. But still, the point is, is that you have all these. Not, I don't know I'm rambling, so 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 please bear with me. But um, to see all these owners now and players, notably Carson Wentz, um, mm-hmm. and and several others, uh, 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 Aaron Rodgers has always been on the forefront of this. And mm-hmm. saying that, talking about uh, 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 Black Lives Matter, and, and of course, like Carson Wentz had a touching post on Instagram where he talked about his childhood in North North Dakota, North Dakota, not under, fully understanding the plight of the Black community at large and systemic and systemic racism. You know, it's it was great. You never we didn't see this before. And, you know, we'll get to how it affects the college ranks in a minute, but we'll focus on, on the pro ranks. And, and now you have this um, this player coalition. I don't know if you're about this, the player coalition, players coalition, gathered signatures of more than 1,400 current retired athletes, coaches and general managers and staff members from not only the NFL, but the NBA and Major League Baseball. Oh, wow, okay. The United States Congress supporting a bill to end qualified immunity. For those of you who don't know what qualified immunity is, it makes it difficult to sue police officers for brutality. That's what it is in a nutshell. And yes. among the people who signed this letter, brother, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, that Prescott, Miles Garrett, Alex Bregman, you know who he is, right? For the Houston Astros. Yes. Steve mm-hmm. Kerr, CeCe Zabathia, and Greg Popovich. 
and last but not least, we'll get to him in a minute, Drew Brees. Those are the ones who signed that letter. This is the same this is the same issue that four years ago, we're talking about four years ago, twenty sixteen not being a long time. Uh-huh. That's when one Colin Kaepernick warned us about this by taking it uh-huh. four years ago. What we see today was what Kaepernick brought to our attention four years ago. He got vilified, lost his career. Um and then people were saying it's about the flag, blah blah blah. Changed the whole narrative of the of the of the message. Sure, we're debating about Colin Kaepernick's viability in the NFL. That's a separate conversation. But the point is, is that now it's like a different shift because people. And what I think what led to that shift is that people from eight from seeing up close and personal a man losing his life. Before our very eyes, what changed the narrative? Seeing that happen, seeing a man call for his mama, seeing a man saying mm-hmm. I can't breathe, seeing a man pleading for his life, while an officer was smugly sat on his neck, damn people who videotaped him to say something about it. Mm-hmm. This is after he was up there. How long after he was handcuffed? Long, and they got him out of the police car to do so. Long after he, he was handcuffed. Long after he was he already handcuffed himself, and he just yeah yeah he was already he was tech he was taken out of the car handcuffed put on the ground mm-hmm. and the police officer sat on his neck hands in his pockets to increase the leverage and the weight for eight minutes and thirty some seconds while the man was pleading for his life and the life slowly losing his body. Before I verify, and I'm not being dramatic. That's exactly what the fuck happened. That's that exactly video. what happened. Dude. Which, <laughs> to my exactly understanding, I, I'm still trying to understand how that's not premeditated, because eight minutes is a very long time to just sit on your knee. Yeah, yeah. Just, just imagine if <laughs> someone just walks up to you and starts talking, and then they just decide to just kneel right in front of you for eight minutes. Yeah. You're like, yeah. why are you on your knee? I mean, are you tired? Yeah. And you're doing this for a very long time. Eight minutes is a very, very long time. I mean, just, just if, if no one out there believes me, just sit still and just look at your watch for eight minutes and see how long that feels. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a very long time. Dude. Yeah, exactly. So seeing that changed the narrative. And that's what got people like Carson Wentz commenting earlier about this. Aaron Rodgers commented earlier about this. Many others commented earlier about this. Of course, the guys like you used to suspect, like Chris Long and Josh McCown, yeah. who were on the original, like, which was amongst the Players Coalition as well. Mm-hmm. But seeing more and more people, of course, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, uh, Stan Van Gundy, they've always been outspoken about issues like this in the first place. Um, of course. But to see more and more people, everyday people, everyday white people seeing this, and in the sports world, more commenting and more on the side of the athletes. So he has seen athletes from all different sports leading rallies, leading marches. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown led a march in Atlanta, as did mm-hmm. um, the guy who played for the University of Virginia, Malcolm Brogdon, led a march. Hey, Malcolm Brogdon, yes, yes. Malcolm Brogdon, yeah. Um, uh, um, 
Oh, damn it. Russell Westbrook and, Cal- and, and, and Compton. Let I've seen Compton. Yeah, Westbrook and Compton. I've seen um, a, 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 a few of the Lakers out in L.A. I've seen yep. Seth Curry and his wife in, in, in Oakland. I, I've, yep. I've seen a, a few of them in, in various places. And, and it's, it's, since we're on the NFL, top of the NFL, we saw Drew Locke in Denver. Mm-hmm. Second-year quarterback. Marching with, with in the Black Lives Matter pro, uh, uh, march and protesting George Floyd's death. We saw him do so at the weekend, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, holding the signs up. I mean, you're seeing more people, again, this is why I, I, I keep going back to this, and I can't help, me, I can't help, uh, help myself with it, brother, but this is something new. This real, Something's happening. Something is happening, and it's like people are listening, which is all mm-hmm. we wanted in the first place as black folks. People are listening, and willing to have the conversation, not only with us, but amongst themselves. And so now you see them manifesting in the pro sports world with NASCAR, the NFL, some owners, NFL owners coming out. And even though I'm a little bit leery of the ones like Jerry Jones is being silent, your boy, Danny Boy Snyder, being silent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's another conversation for another time. But just focusing on the positive, like owner of my beloved Steelers put out a statement. And his, his dad, Art, Art Rooney, the second dad, uh, not Art, yeah, 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 that's going on his, on his name, I think, Art Rooney. Um, uh, you know, his dad, Dan Rooney, he, he was the one who came up with the um, the Rooney Rule of Rooney hiring rule, coaches, yes. black, uh, mm-hmm. uh, minority coaches. He's the father and architect of that. So to see his son mm-hmm. come out, Art Rooney II come out with that was great. Big Ben Roethlisberger had to put out a statement. Other members of the team put out statements. You see statements put all over the league. For the most part, Tom Brady signed that letter that like uh, supporting a bill to end qualified immunity. Um, so we're seeing this. We're seeing the reactions of the sports world, and 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 it's, and it's a reckoning. It's, it's like a reckoning, Same, similar to the Me Too movement. That reckoning with like all the uh, dudes who are guilty of sexual assault. Was let out the was was let out the closet, and was held yes. down. Were held held down before, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You see more and more racist guys, women who created who did racist things come out in the open, and mm-hmm. they had to apologize for that. They had to uh, acknowledge that, and you know, similar to um, I mean, with Jake Fromm, who may or may not have a job at the by the end of the week because of shit he said last. Season last year, while quarterback in the Georgia Bulldogs, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and he got Dabo Sweeney, who, who, who spent 14 minutes saying a whole lot of nothing because he didn't want to come out fully, even though he supported his players doing it. He didn't condone it himself, even though the likes of Nick Nick Saban did, even though Lincoln Riley was very outspoken about it. Tom Herman from mm-hmm. Texas was really outspoken about it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in in support of 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 the Black Lives Matter movement and, and the George Floyd murder. Very supportive. Lincoln Raleigh and Tom Herman both are very supportive. So I hate to I can't believe it's about to come out of my mouth, 
I may have to be a fan of the University of Texas football <laughs> because of what I'm <laughs> um, But still, the point is, and Lincoln Rollins, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I, I pay attention to Oklahoma anyway, but I really, really started to like this Lincoln Riley guy because of things he said in his support. So, anyway, but but my point is, you see more in the college race coming out the right things, and those who choose not to do anything, Dabble Sweeney, which is more, which is sadder because his quarterback, um, Trevor Lawrence, not only did he say a lot on social media about supporting the black community and being willing to listen to his black brothers on this team, those are his words, not mine, but he's apparently he and a few teammates are leading the march in Clemson, South Carolina, on the, not only on the town, oh, but on wow. He's, he's, it's on ESPN.com right now. He's going to lead a march. He and the four or five teammates are going to lead a march throughout Clemson, South Carolina. This weekend. Wow. I'm not mistaken. This weekend during the week. That's his, a young, that young man, a 21-year-old kid, who's like who's younger than to be our son, is doing Most it. definitely. Yes. He's doing it. He's taking a punch. And Dabo Sweeney should take note from this kid of one of his willingness really to put himself out there and do something about it. He'll at least be part of the solution. That's, that's and, and you know what? It's, it's, it's great that you brought that up because, of course, a uh, gentleman that you are very familiar with, one Lavelle Moton came out on ESPN Radio yeah. uh, about a week or two I've ago. I've probably heard that. Yeah, yeah Lavelle, the, the, the head coach. The head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central came out and, and said some words about everything that was going on, and also spoke on the the uh, the, the, the various um, head coaches and 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 admins and athletic direct athletics directors who haven't said anything, and yeah. and, and for the students yeah. to be cognizant of that and to remember that when when. Uh, uh, if you're currently there at your institutions or is this a place that you're looking to attend. So it's, it's, it's something that that needed to be called out. And, and, and for these, for, for those that are in leadership positions at these places of, of these institutions of education that also just happen to have student athletes there, that lead young black men, they have to be cognizant of, 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 of issues that affect their players and also be willing to speak out about those because these guys trust you for right. however many years the they're there for. Yes, the parents, the parents do too. trust you from one year, <clears throat> two years, three years, or four years, or even five for some of those or in those that are lucky six years of their life with you, under you, they they, they look at you as an authority figure that, that they have to trust while they're there at that institution. And they, they hope that, yes, and, and you know, they, they, they hope that you are taking their welfare into consideration. Yes, well said. And you know the thing is, the Bell Moton showed showed a story about what happened to him, where he could have yeah. lost his life. You know, it's like right before it was right before the NBA draft, he and 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 Raymond Felton when he was at Carolina, 
they were driving somewhere, and it was in the middle. Of the, it was it was nighttime. It was raining, and they got pulled. Mm-hmm. The, the vehicle was pulled over, and so the cop. I'm paraphrasing this. He took apparently he got Lavelle out of the, out of the vehicle, put him on the ground, had a gun drawn on him, and my thought because he thought that he was one of the dope boys in Durham. Mm-hmm. So mind you, Lavelle said he was wearing all white. So it's not like he was trying to be conspicuous. But nevertheless, uh-huh. he was pulled outside his truck. There was he was driving the truck, his truck, taken outside his truck. He had his mom on the speakerphone. His mom telling him to, to pleading him to, to to calm down, and everything, everything be alright. So his mom is scared. And Raymond uh-huh. sits out of the car. They haven't gotten to Raymond yet, so they just went to Lavelle. And so what happened was what saved him was that another police was called to the scene, and so we he saw when he saw his license. His driver's license. He looked at Lavelle again and said, "Do you know who this guy is? That's Lavelle Moulton, and that's Raymond Felton in the car. They're not those. Mm-hmm. That's what it took for another cop to look at this BID and look. He looked at him again, like these are these are dope boys. He ended up helping them up. The the cop with the point of gun on him said he was sorry, wanted to shake his hand. Of course, Lavelle didn't shake his hand." Of he was not. he was shook. He was he was sad. He was mad, angry. Mm-hmm. His mom was on the phone, still with him on the phone, hysterical, because he, he put him on she, he put him on speakerphone. So his mom is crying out, and everything else. And so the reason why Lavelle never said anything at the time that brings the media to attention because he was about he didn't want to adversely affect Raymond's draft status because yeah. it would have been like you know the story would have been he had a run with uh, with the police. Mm-hmm. That would have hurt his draft stop. That's, he didn't want to hurt his yeah. draft stop. That's why he never said anything. But still, I mean, to his point, where are these coaches at that hadn't said anything? I mean, we've seen Coach Cal. We've heard Coach Cal. He's very. He's he's been very outspoken. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard Roy Williams be outspoken, mm-hmm. and and uh, um, the football coach Matt Brown was very outspoken. Yes. In support of his players, very outspoken on Twitter. Um, we've seen Coach Cutcliffe, David Cutcliffe at Duke, the football coach, become very outspoken. Uh-huh. But where's that? Where is everybody else at? To Moulton's point, where's everybody? Where is everybody at? Where, where, I mean, come on. You, do, do you only care because you want them to help you win football games and build generational wealth? Is that uh-huh. it? So, still, it's, it's a, it's, that's why I said earlier, it's a, re, this is a reckoning. This is a reckoning of huge consequences. We got, like, this kid now, he got a highly rated kid going to commit to an HBCU for basketball and football. And Cole Carmel Anthony mentioned that more and more should consider it, given that what's happening now. With Lighty's coaches not saying a damn thing. So, you, you know, makes you wonder. And I think where Lane Kiffin and, and Old Miss has been out, has been outspoken. I'm, I'm not mistaken. Um, you know. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I know I'm rambling now, but the point being is that these kids need to take note of who's not saying anything. Also, you know, the coaches need to be held accountable for the silence. Mm-hmm. I think Calipari said the very same thing. So, you know. Because he openly said, hey, 
I've been, I mean, these kids are helping me win games, and but they're, they're people too. So exactly. Um, it, it's, 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 again, that's why I said earlier, it's a, it's a time of reckoning. You see who's really on who's your side, who's really with us from the sports world, which, since we're talking sports and sports context. Get, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap up the sports context real quick where it pertains to George Floyd. I mentioned his name earlier, who's among the prominent athletes who signed that letter supporting a bill to end corporate immunity, Drew Brees. We all know what Brees yes. said. We know, we're not going to rehash it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when he said that um, that he would never agree with anybody disrespecting the flag of the United States, while did, while he did say that he loved his teammates, his respect his teammates, and he stands right there with them regarding fighting for racial equality and justice, but he also messed that up by saying he also stands with his grandfathers who risked their lives in his country and countless other military men and women who do on a daily basis. So basically yeah. – he shifted the focus from the issue to the flag, mm-hmm. in which, which is something when he said it, because if it was any other white player who said that, quarterback who said it, you would be incensed, but we wouldn't be, we would, we would be like, well, what, what the hell do you expect? See, so I've got like him who's been immersed in the community from mm-hmm. Katrina. Mm-hmm. Giving five million dollars out of his own pocket to help those who have gone hungry during the pandemic. Most of those recipients have been black folks, mm-hmm. and he's been open about supporting the black community in New Orleans. But he's, he's, mm-hmm. been, he's not been shy about that. But for him, which makes him saying <clears throat> those things before he apologized, all the more shocking. Yeah. Because it was him who said that, and. Yes, I know he's always conservative. Yes, he comes from a fluent background, but politics have nothing to do with this. This is about human rights. It's about doing the right thing. And so he did apologize, we all know, on a lengthy Instagram post. At first, it seemed like to me that he was only apologizing because he got caught in the fallout, right? But what mm-hmm. noticed for me was when he went back at Donald Trump, when Trump tried to put him <laughs> back in the hot seat again. And when he, he, he retorted, he got back at me by saying, quote, I'm going to just read this quick excerpt. Through my ongoing conversation with friends, teammates, and leaders in the black community, I realize it's not an issue about the American flag. It has never been. We can no longer use the flag to turn people away or distract them from the real issues to face our black com- that face our black communities, end quote. Uh, that moved, that, that sealed it for me. That, that sealed it for me. He didn't have to go. He went back at him hard. And this is much yeah. more than a statement that hit him back in the heart. But he, he went back at him. And then when he reached out to Shannon Sharp on Undisputed and talked mm-hmm. to him about it over the phone, which he gave, of course, Shannon, the permission to share the conversation, that, that let me know that dude is truly sorry. Dude really realized that he was wrong. And his teammates reached out to him. Hell, Kamara and Michael uh, Thomas, and especially Malcolm Jenkins got on his ass about that. And I thought that it was going to be a long year in New Orleans. But, again, credit to Breeze for apologizing twice and putting his actions, making his actions speak loud in words with the, his signature on that letter supporting a, a bill that would end um, uh, what I said was, uh, gosh, qualified immunity that, that would end that. 
yeah. that's what sold it for me. That's what sold it for me. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 something. It's a different time, man. It's a new day, and I think I'm done rambling about that. But uh, do you have any thoughts <laughs> on that? Additional thoughts on that? Yes, um, I'm gonna try to go through them as quickly as possible. Um, just people are just on the on the subject. Uh, Drew Brees, the whole Drew Brees situation. Um, first and foremost, you know, there's always been, and I'm gonna go ahead and call it what it what it is in my eyes. There's always been a rhetoric in terms of um, us as a nation having a conversation social issues within this country. But it seems as though that everyone wants to talk and no one wants to listen. Right? Right. And the thing is, if you're going to have this conversation, it's going to be revealed that someone's going to have an opposing view with you. The thing is, though, if both sides are fully willing to have this conversation, you have to come into this conversation knowing that and responding accordingly without getting angry, without getting frustrated, without having this cancel culture mentality. Have the conversation, and from that point, it's the other side's responsibility to fully understand or choose not to. And then at that point, Mm -hmm. you can walk away knowing that that person fully understands what's going on and either chooses to to be an ally in that situation or continue to believe the thing that they believe. But you've, you've had the conversation at that point. Now, I was disappointed with the way that Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Ed Reed, uh, uh, and Shannon Sharp all reacting. Now, I understand Shannon Sharp to a degree because, of course, that's his job. That's what he does, blah, 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 is to come out and be reactionary on TV. But mm-hmm. they could have done with HBCU alum and also all pro left tackle for the New Orleans Saints, Teron uh, Armstead did. He called Drew directly. Now, he could have gone on the social media and, and said what he wanted to say, but no, he called Drew directly. They had a conversation. Drew had got an understanding at that point, and I believe that's what led to Drew making his apology, along with, of course, the, the, the backlash that he received. This little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, because, of course, I truly believe that he reacted to the backlash as, as, as well as, hearing from someone directly what their emotions were, what the thought processes were, and how they felt about him saying what, what he said, and, and everything was handled. I just didn't like the fact of people calling for his job. Once again, cancel culture, all because you disagree with him. It all goes back to the whole concept of having this conversation. The conversation has to be had, be an adult mm-hmm. about it, don't just automatically right. cut someone off because they're going to say they're going to resolve an issue that way. You can cut them off once you've had the conversation, but don't cut them off before you even have that conversation. Now, 
With that said, in terms of having conversation and, and, and people coming out and speaking out, not just the coaches on the collegiate level, and yes, some of the coaches on the on the pro level have come out. What I'm waiting to see, and I don't know if you've heard, I, I, I heard this earlier on TV, thought this, this was a fantastic idea. If the NFL wants to truly attack this uh, 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 this thought process that they don't necessarily care about African American social issues, team owners need to come out and do a video like the team players did, speaking out again. Agreed. That's who's going to have to do it. Now, do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Well, it won't be all of them if it gets done. It would be wonderful if it was all of them. I can see some of them doing it. Of course, Arthur Blank, your boy down. Yes, Arthur Blank could do it. Your boy Khan down in um in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I can see I can see them doing it, yes. But if I was to see Jerry Jones and, and one Daniel Snyder do like I I can see Rooney doing it. Yes. I can see O'Hara yeah. doing it. But Jones yep. and, 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 and Snyder. I could do I can see Robert Kraft doing it. I can see Robert Kraft doing it. I, I can see Robert Kraft doing it as well. I can see your boy yeah. Lowry out of Philly doing it. So there, there are a lot of yep. guys I can see doing it, and there's several guys I can see not doing it. And the thing is, right. I would Temple be more would impressed. Charlotte. Yes. Your boy. Um, David Temple would do it. Yes. So, you know, there's a lot of guys that I would see doing it. It's the ones that I wouldn't expect to see doing it. And if I were to see them do it, I would be highly impl- impressed and believe that all 32 are into it on this one. The yeah. NFL is, 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 is not, you know, I'm, I'm, I expect them to do it. I do. I, I'm not shocked by what the NBA does as it pertains to social issues of all types. I'm not. Right. You know, right. Major League Baseball, okay, I'm a little dicey. I'm not as well-versed with their ownership. But NFL – yeah, there's certain guys who I need to um, see and and say how they feel about it. And the thing is this: if those that we do not expect to say something say something, what we can't do is be critical of them saying what they're saying. I.e., what took you so long, or how right. dare you say something when <clears throat> your team name is this? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Say what they have to say, be accepting of that, and we'll deal with the, the, the next thing next. One thing at a time at this point. Well, I, I need to see some sort of progression from the ownership, and it will be fantastic if they were capable of doing so. So I am waiting with bated breath to see if that actually happens, and it'll it'll be very interesting to see if, if that is the case. Let me ask you this one last question about this before we get to our last segment here. Um, okay. Well, Malcolm Jenkins, I, took, I, took, I, I know I said I was done rambling earlier, but I got one more question for you. Malcolm mm-hmm. Jenkins said that the NFL needs to make this right by doing right by Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think 
first of all, I don't see it really happening because, A, I'm not sure if Capital wants to play again. And, B, mm-hmm. even though he's better than – even four years – he's four years removed, first of all, mm-hmm. on top of that. But I don't, I don't see him holding a clipboard. I, I, he has to – he still has a little bit of star power about him. I mean, he did come this uh, blown past the interference call away from winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so he still he's, he, he's done some great things in this league, in the NFL. I just don't see – it's so much for lose-lose because if the NFL doesn't acknowledge it, they'll be open to a lawsuit because they, they would essentially they prove he is the Caps and Eric Reed's claim that the league blackballed. So what, what do you really think what could be done by Kaepernick at this point, real, uh, real quickly? Oh, man, um, as quickly as I can. I really don't know. Um, he yeah. has said that he's open and, and that he's in, in the best shape of his life and he's still working out and, and, and still wanting an opportunity to play. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I've been critical of his play toward the end of his career, I still believe that, he, yes, like you said, um, he can be at least a quarter, a starting QB on a bad team, or at least a a a, a number two on a bunch of these teams. The thing is, is he right. capable of or willing to take that money? And two, the thing is, of course, especially if it's a team that has a young starting QB, would they would that organization be willing to bring him in? and have him, because of who he is, sitting behind that quarterback, and God forbid that young QB gets rattled and has a a couple of bad games and has to deal with the specter of Colin Kaepernick on the bench and potentially being replaced. That's something that an organization that is looking to rebuild under a young QB is going to have to deal with. We've got to remember, we, we also have another QB that is younger than him, that has the same type of accomplishments. Actually, a little bit more. Because you got to remember, Cam was a league MVP. Cam Newton, along with yep. leading, you know, the the the, the Carolina Panthers <laughs> to the Super Bowl the same way that Cam left, led the the Niners right. to the to the uh, Super Bowl too. Now, Cam Cam wasn't even an All Pro. Not Cam. I'm sorry, Colin was an All Pro that year. Cam was, mm-hmm. and Cam was a league MVP. So he's yeah. at the crib right now, and they're still trying to figure out whether or not. He's going to be able to play. I mean, yes, some people still say it's about the shoulder. I don't know if it's all shoulder. And, and, and if it is, I'm thinking that's real dumb because you're, you're bringing in the likes of Joe Flacco to, to be a backup in, in, in uh, New York, but I digress. But, right. yeah, if, if, if Cam is still at home, I, I, I got right. a feeling that Colin is going to still be at the crib too. I mean, yeah, does he deserve a look still? It, it it is. It's very sad for for both parties at at this, at this juncture. Um, mm-hmm. Do they both deserve an opportunity? They do. They do. But I said before on this show, there, it's a lot more complex. But uh, it's a lot more complex than just giving them an opportunity. But I will say this: that whole excuse of having to deal with fan reactions is now a way because there will be very little to no fans coming to game staff. You won't have to deal with that right. this season. So you, that, you just throw that out the window. And now, actually, a whole lot more people are favorable 
towards Colin now than they were four years ago. So you can throw that excuse out the window too. The thing that I right. would be more concerned about if I was the GM is dealing with the specter of a bet, especially if I have a young QB there. If I was a, a, a team on the fringe and I was having QB issues a la Tennessee, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have dumped that money that I, that they dumped into your boy there that's starting now, um, uh, 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 Tannehill. I don't know if I would have dumped all that money into Tannehill. You know, I, I, yeah. I, would, I would be a little leery, you know, but, you know, Tannehill did have the season. You know, I, I, I would have at least worked out Colin or something or Cam, you know, if they were willing to take the same amount of money, if not less, than what we gave Ryan. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I still – well, all that said, I, I still I, – I don't think so, unless spots start to open due to injury. That's the only way I think they start looking to his way. But as of right now, I don't think so. Well said. Uh, we'll close show on this, you know, with the NBA season getting starting back up, MLS Major League Soccer starting back up mm-hmm. by the, in the middle of July. NBA starting up at the end of July. Um, you know, with the NBA having twenty two teams, like mm-hmm. having a, like a round robin from teams for the vying for the eighth spot in both both conferences. Only like uh, Washington being invited, yo yo Wizards bullets being invited from the East, um, and then the Western Conference, uh, Portland, New Orleans, uh, who the hell else? Uh, Phoenix and San Antonio, and I may be missing one more, but I'm not sure. But the point is, they all they doing this for the 22 teams is get Zion Williamson involved, which is fine. I understand. I understand. Like the marquee player, even though he hadn't done shit yet, he's been playing well. Even though mm-hmm. John Morant's the rookie of the year, I think he's the rookie of the year. But still, it's all about stuff on the NBA, and I respect that. But you know, with the fact that they're all convening in Orlando and the at the at the Disney World uh, Resort, and um, you know they're having the round robin, as I said earlier, for the eighth spot in both conferences, and they will be at this bubble where there won't be any fans, maybe a few family members. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird. It's going to be like watching pickup games, essentially. But I'd be so happy for the NBA to be back. I really don't care. I'm just glad to have the NBA back pretty soon to finish out the season. But I, it's going to be weird. So what are your thoughts on the NBA coming back? agree with you. It's going to be weird watching. It'll be like watching the summer league games. But yeah, yeah. NBA caliber players. So, you know, it'll be a lot better play. My concern, Mm -hmm. though, is is how they handle the players and this pandemic and and COVID-19 and what happens if someone tests positive in that situation. What do they do? Now, as of right now, the report is if someone were to get sick, they would only keep out that one guy. But the problem is at that point, he would have already practiced with his teammates before testing right. positive and probably right. would have already played a game at that point, which means you can't just necessarily just sit that one guy. All of the other people right. that were involved are going to have to be heavily tested to make sure that this thing doesn't spread and we have an outbreak situation in Orlando with the NBA. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm concerned on how that's going to work. I'm waiting to see, and, and, and I am excited to see exactly how this happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see about that. How about Major League Soccer? You know, they got everybody at, 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 at in, in Orlando, uh, no fans. Oh, that's how they're doing Obviously, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're, they're doing everything in Orlando. They have like a World Cup-style tournament with all the teams involved, with all the teams. Since they only well, play like this. two matches, two or three matches. It's going to be crazy, but, 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 but uh, go ahead. You know how the U.S. has fallen in love with World Cup style. So, yeah, they'll be in it. And it'll be interesting to see if it's capable of gaining fans because everyone is so sports hungry, along with the fact that it's in a format that most soccer fans are comfortable and familiar with. So it'll be yeah. in, in, in interesting to see. Um, how palatable the sport will be this way. Let me ask you this, man. With the sport, mm-hmm. with, the, with the spirit of sports coming back, we'll get to the NFL shortly. But since this is summertime, well, about to be summertime, when baseball is normally in full swing, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on with Major League Baseball and this player association? I mean, they're haggling over games, they're haggling over money. It's not a good look. Not when, especially not when the NFL has to shit together, like in terms of mm-hmm. a plan, having a plan. The NBA mm-hmm. and MLS already announced them coming back. The NHL didn't get to get to them making an mm-hmm. announcement that they're going to come back and go straight to the playoffs with the top, I think, eight teams or whatever the hell they said it was for each conference. Um, mm-hmm. What's going on with baseball? Will we, even, what, will we even have a baseball season this year? It looks doubtful to me. It's, it's it's looking very doubtful. Um, long story short, uh, for those who are unfamiliar, it does look like from the outside looking in a battle of millionaires versus billionaires where, of yeah. course, there are a lot of millionaires that are saying, you know, if I had to take this health risk that, you know, I have to do it, well, I'm, I'm looking to do it for more money. You know, mm-hmm. it seems as though that, the the owners are aren't willing to you know compensate some of the players the the way that they feel as especially those that make more money the way that they, they feel as though they they should be paid based upon the circumstances even though I feel as though that you can get hurt or injured or sick at any time but you know this is I will agree that this is a different type of situation as once again goes back to COVID nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. the, the thing is, though, they, they're going to have to come up to some sort of agreement. The owners are going to have to come to some sort of understanding that there's a possibility that we're going to have to go ahead and take a hit if we really want the season to, to go. Because I've said it before, if this season does not happen and it becomes a lockout situation, they're going <clears> to <throat> lose fans, and they're going to lose fans rapidly. Uh, and and yeah. unlike the the previous times where there's been um, work stoppage in, my, in Major League Baseball, there wasn't a savior. Well, I don't think that there's a savior right now in baseball that can bring the fans back. Before we had Cal Ripken, right. before we had uh, the Sosa McGuire uh, home run derby. Sure, I didn't do his home run chase, but. It didn't mean him out to me, but yeah. <laughs> it's a whole month, a whole month. But anyway, that's another, yeah. that's another time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we, we, we had those instances 
you know, right now, I, I don't know if there's that, that Superman in, in Major League Baseball that can bring the fan base back like that. So they have the, the Major League Baseball and the, the players and owners have to be cognizant of that. Right, right. And, and I agree with that. So I think Major League Baseball must make a huge mistake in haggling like this because especially – with sports teams, when the sports leagues are coming back on the hills, what happened mm-hmm. with George Floyd and everything else is like, we look at it major league baseball like, really? Y'all just yeah, exactly. This? Really? Mm-hmm. Really? You can't get this shit together? So, yeah, I mean, the NBA is loving this. MLS is mm-hmm. really loving this because they'll get the mm-hmm. numbers themselves before the NFL yeah. gets over in the, in, the, in the fall. So they're mm-hmm. loving that. It's like, go ahead, baseball. Keep fucking yourselves. Keep teaching yourselves in the foot. Uh, <laughs> keep doing that. <laughs> uh, you know, because they'll bully for us. Um, but I'll say this, man. I'll, I'll get you out here on this, man. Of course, Black us on this question about the NFL. Speaking of which, they're coming, they have a plan. They're coming back this season. We all know that. They're planning to start mm-hmm. on time. And, that, and we can group this with college football as well. I don't know. I don't know if we see much fans of any at all in the stands. I mean, because I mean, this is this again. This is this is this September we're talking about. It's already June, about to be mid June, and we still don't have a vaccine in sight. We still don't have any reliable testing. We still don't have any in like like capabilities to house a lot of people if they become sick again. We don't we still don't know the intricacies surrounding COVID. Mm-hmm. So, are we going to have any fans of all these games? And this is going to be like a—I I don't think—I think it's going to be like this for at least another year. So, do you? Do, what do you think about the fans? Do you do you see it possible to have many of any fans at all at these games at college and pro football this fall? If they're allowed, yes. And the reason why mm-hmm. I was very doubtful, like you, it has been for weeks until. And, it, 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 and I'll get to that um, until in just a moment. It, it, it really sure. depends upon what state you're in, right? Right. Because based right. upon what I've seen in the past few weeks with people mm-hmm. going to beaches, people <clears throat> going to the pool parties, people going to Vegas, the way people are getting in the planes in close proximity uh, we already know how close proximity with airplanes are. People are willing to do that, going out to restaurants. All that stuff. Oh, the stuff that I'm saying people do that I didn't yeah. think that they would be willing to do. And the fact that they're mm-hmm. doing it in droves in certain areas leads mm-hmm. me to believe that in certain states, if allowed, fans will be there. Now, in cities like New York and, and, and D.C., they may be a little bit more trepidatious. Matter of fact, even with the marches, that well, I understand that it had a purpose, a huge purpose, but there was still a whole lot of people out there. But right. I will say this. Marching, marching for social justice and going to see a, a, a professional sporting event are two completely different monsters, which leads, goes back to my point. It seems as though that cities like D.C. and New York may be a little bit more trepidatious about going to these events, but you start going to other cities, 
where people are, quote, unquote, bored, as they've said on TV and on the news, and they didn't want to be locked up and they want to get back to having life, back to being normal, then, yes, you'll have situations where people will be going to these games. And, and when you talk about college football, I am quick, uh, 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 as eagerly anticipating to figure out what's going to happen because I truly had to make a decision, you know, covering college football. Am right. I going to go to these games or not? Now, in most cases, you know, if I'm going to a game, I'm going to sit in the press box. I'm not bragging. I'm just doing my job. Uh-huh. But like press boxes mm-hmm. are tightly enclosed spaces where, in some cases, depending upon what the event is, there's a lot of media in these small spaces. I'm Normally, in regular circumstances, I don't like to be in those type of situations. So I end up sitting in the stands with the fans and communicating with them. Or maybe I'm on the sidelines or whatever. So that's stuff I have to think about if this season starts. And I'm still teetering with it. I have a big game mm-hmm. that I'm planning on going to, the A&T North Dakota State game. But the reasons of yeah. which I'm wanting to go, I don't know if me going to that game is necessarily going to be needed. I could just watch the game on, on TV. My thing was, I wanted to see how Fargo was going to react to an HBCU fan base coming there. And also, I wanted to see the Fargo Dome. I, you know, I, I've heard some big things about yeah, that. I yeah, wanted yeah. to see the person. But it's I digress. It cool on TV. Yeah. It does, don't it? So I wanted to be there, and I wanted to see it. So with that said, man, to go back to answering your question, depending upon what, what area it is, I think fans will be hungry to go back and go watch, especially if it's September and, and everything is going at this pace. I think people would be comfortable enough to go. I just don't know exactly how many, and I don't know if it will be consistent in all regions. Well said, brother. Hey, said, hey, man, thank you for joining me, man. It's been too long. We'll do it again soon. Hey, bro. It's been a big week this week real quick. HBCU Sports, shout out. Uh, 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 rest in peace to one Ken Riley, the great from Florida and yeah. played that Florida the and head coach at FAM. Uh, was the AD at FAM, played nine seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals. All pro Should be in the Hall of Fame. Should be in the Hall, Hall, Hall of Fame. Passed away this past week. And big news, I don't know if you, you do know. I did, I did see that you re- responded to react to it. Florida and them moving over to the Southwest Athletic Conference. Yes, that is going to be big, big, big for FCS Sports. I question whether or not the MEAC, matter of fact, not just uh, college sports, but college basketball as well. I question yeah. whether or not the MEAC will be here in the next couple of years. I question them heavily. And that's, and that's going to be to be continued all that. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it, man. No problem. Appreciate you, you bro. Who you with? Hey. <laughs> My boy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out. On this work with uh, Sleeze Radio, everything's now Facebook Live, as well as the Yard Stretch HC Sports, rest about all things HC Sports, and HeroSports.com. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. It was fun. It's the Crown Hour with Scott Brick signing off. Oh, six. Hey.